Conversations, Pathways to Success. Um, Brittany and I will be your moderators for today, and we are thankful to have the Salvation Army with us, and um, we'll just go around and kind of give a quick introduction. Uh, my name is um, Samantha Page, the with one. We serve uh, Cabell Wayne and Lincoln Counties. And Brittany? Uh, I'm Brittany Cook, and I'm one of the two employment specialists in Hub 3, which serves Wyoming, Fayette, Raleigh, Mercer, and McDowell counties. Awesome. Thank you. So now we'll introduce everyone to the team that we have from the Salvation Army. If you all would like to, to go around and give a quick introduction, um, Lisa, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I'm Lisa Welton, and I'm the Social Services Coordinator here at the Salvation Army. I've been here about three months and I already feel like I've been here for many, many years and I mean that in a good way. So I've uh, been in social services now probably for the last 15 or 20 years and um, just absolutely love it here and we provide a variety of things which we'll tell you about later. Great, thank you. Um, Nicholas? I'm Nicholas Evans. I'm the program director for the Salvation Army Vocational School here. Here in a little bit, we'll go into kind of what that details, but basically Jake and I, we kind of work a program that is dedicated to youth aged 11 to 17, getting them involved in trades in the area. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Jacqueline? Good, good afternoon now. I was going to say good morning, but uh, it's afternoon now. I am the core mission associate for the Salvation Army in Huntington. And I've been in ministry for probably the last five years as a youth pastor, and now I've taken on a full-time role um, with the Salvation Army as their associate pastor. So, Streets. 
where they really needed to be. And so in his journeys, there was a, someone had mentioned, you know, we're sort of like an army. We're the salvation army. So it's sort of an interesting way because from 1865, that idea to to do good, and our motto now is to do good where wherever you can. Do the most, what is it, Jacqueline? Do the most good all the time? Is that it? Yeah, doing the most good. Yes, doing the most good without discrimination uh, is a real key. So now the Salvation Army is actually in 131 countries, providing everything from disaster relief to relief at, at the very, very local level, um, which is our friends and neighbors who are helping out in our community, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But there's many, many legs to the Salvation Army, and uh, I just thought you'd kind of like to know uh, about where the word Salvation Army came from. Because a lot of people see the uniforms, actually, and they sort of think you're actually the military. But if you look very closely, um, you will see that it is a Christian symbols, but they are definitely, the organization is set up uh, very structured with, with majors and lieutenants and captain, and the captain of our particular branch here in Huntington, West Virginia is Captain Liz Buscemis. We call her Captain Liz. Um, I might even be not mispronouncing Buscemis as I speak, but uh, Captain Liz couldn't join us today, which she deeply regrets. So I wanted to start off by talking about that. And if any of my coworkers would like to jump in here and there, talk a, uh, talk a little bit about on the social services end, how we can help people. And uh, these services we provide, not just uh, at the holidays, but all year round. And one of the many things that I deal with, with social services, is that we have the capability to assist people whose utilities have gone into termination. Is a huge need when you have a financial crisis along with trying to put yourself up, go through recovery, and get your life back. Having financial difficulties on top of that can often send people into a, a downward spiral, um, certainly a, a depression, and, and sometimes even, I'm sure you ladies have seen as a relapse. So, one of the ways that we prop the community up is we can assist in utilities. If someone's utility is in, and I'm primarily we work with Appalachian Power and AEP, which are one and the same. We work with Mountaineer Gas, and we also work with West Virginia American Water. If you live in our service areas, which are Cabell, Wayne, Mason, and Lincoln Counties, you are eligible to uh, call uh, do work by appointment, call the Salvation Army here at 304-529-2401, and we will speak to you about how we can assist you with the termination fees on these utilities so that you have your lights on, you're warm for the winter, and you have water. <laughs> so that is one of the things that um, I do in social services. We also can provide, um, some people don't realize, but um, some Salvation Armies have thrift stores, 
and some do not. Some Salvation Armies actually have shelters that they can take people in. Our particular location, there is a shelter of the Salvation Army at our Ashland location in Ashland, Kentucky, where people can stay for a few days who are in emergency situations. And they also, I think Ashland, does Ashland um, make have a thrift store? Don't know. I don't think that they do. I'm not, I'm not sure if they do or not. I don't think they yeah. do. Our Salvation Army um, does not have a thrift store. However, with that being said, we uh, the community has been very gracious to us. We, we get a lot of donations, which people can donate items here every day of the week from 8 to noon and then from 1 to 4. And we give away everything. We don't charge for things. So every Sunday from 9 to 11, every Sunday, we give away clothing. So, um, you know, right now there's a big uh, push, especially for men's clothing. We have a lot of uh, people coming in for winter clothing and sweaters and shoes, a lot of need for shoes. But people could come to us um, each Sunday from 9 to 11 at our location here at 2627 3rd Avenue in Huntington. There's actually three buildings. We have the chapel, um, which it would be to your far right, the middle building, which is last, and then we have the administrative building. And Jacqueline, is that where the clothes are located in the first building? Or the Jay? clothing closet is actually located in the fellowship hall, which is right next oh, to the where? church. Yes. I was, oops, I was incorrect. It's right next to the church in the fellowship hall. So we don't charge for clothing at all. That is a, a big, big uh, resource to people. In addition, if you have uh, clients that you're working with who are looking to get employment, which by the way, ladies, and I know you're a big organization, you also have gentlemen that, that work with you. Um, kudos on your good work with CORE. Uh, we all know that sustaining employment is a major, major part of maintaining your sobriety. And so we are here to, in partnership with you all to help um, in any way. So always reach out and, and if we can't figure it out, we'll find someone who can. Hey, we appreciate it. So we have utility assistance and we have clothing assistance. The other part of what um, we also offer that many don't know about is we also operate adult rehabilitation centers. Now you say, oh, I didn't know that. Where are you? There are many, many recovery organizations in the Huntington area. However, for a lot of people who are looking to escape the stranglehold of addiction, it's important that they get out of their environment that they are now in, in, the, in away from their current friends, their current surroundings, and sometimes even family. So our program that we offer, um, our, we have a men's program, which uh, I can give you more detail about that. Uh, if you can pay for room and board, that's awesome. However, for people who do not have funding to pay for this particular program, we do not charge. That facility is located in Dayton, Ohio, which we would pay the transportation there for folks that are going uh, to that facility for women. Our Women's Adult Rehab Center is located in Tennessee. The 
Adult rehab uh, facilities operated by the Salvation Army are work-based facilities. We believe that um, doing something meaningful with your hands, keeping busy, it's work-focused. You'd be actually doing jobs with a big, with a very, very strong spiritual component uh, to help people with the spiritual part of wellness, which is just as important as going through the physical part of rehabilitation. So both of those programs are available to the community, mainly at no fee. Again, if people cannot pay, we do not charge for those services. So <laughs> lots of things that we do. We also have um, a program here called Pathways to Hope. And Pathways to Hope, the best way to explain this program, it is that it's a very intense, it's a very intense program to help lift the families out of, of poverty. Perhaps uh, families could have some addiction in that family. It could have a many, many generations of poverty, of uh, people not working, Lots of different dynamics go into a home that can hold people back from helping boost them up to their highest potential, to where they can be independent, have good self-esteem, you have their education, get a GED, whatever that might be. And all of us here know has a tremendously complicated uh, process that is not something that is an easy fix. So this leg of the Salvation Army, this Pathways to Hope program, individuals can call me, Lisa Welton, again at 529-2401, and we can discuss enrolling you and the family into this program. So it's intensive case therapy where we actually get down to the core, core roots and help people really look at the issues uh, that are keeping them from progressing in life. Could it be their social circle? Get people out. Uh, lots of times it's an educational barrier. A lot of times it's they don't know the old adage, I don't know what I don't know. You know? So, yeah, you know. so that program is also available. And that program often goes on for a year or longer. So for as long as we can assist the family unit in breaking that, that generational hold on both poverty and addiction, we can offer those services as well. And that's very intensive case management. Now, with that being said, I am going to turn this over to, let's go to Jacqueline, Jacqueline, we, we discussed as a team what might be helpful with the objective of CORE, which is uh, helping people in recovery um, have active employment. And then when, when we brainstormed this, we thought, well, you know, people in addiction have families, and they have small children, and they have older children, because it's not just a single person issue. So with that being said, I'm going to turn this over to Jacqueline, who's also going to talk to you about the spiritual component of her program, as well as the youth programs that she's over. 
Yes, thank you, Lisa. I just want to mention that William Booth did his ministry by the three S's, which is taking care of your physical need first, which is your soap, your uh, soup, and then lastly, your spiritual need, your salvation. So that's what he always did. So I like to reiterate that. Um, we have some wonderful programs uh, here at the Salvation Army, and I'm going to do an overview of that for you. Students primarily is my is my goal is to help with the um, what they call the cradle to um, anywhere through uh, high school, uh, and then sometimes we get into some things for adults. But primarily today, I'm going to talk to you mostly about the programs for students. Um, we do quite a bit at Christmas. I know that was brought up, um, our Christmas season. And here at Salvation Army, we Christmas to us is just our favorite time of year. Um, and we do all kinds of things at Christmas. If you have a family that needs to register to be on our angel tree list, they can do that at saangeltree.org. And so they can do that up to um, Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, we kind of close that off so we can make sure we can get the items needed for the families and make sure we get that to them in a timely manner. Um, those counties that we do that for are Mason, Lincoln, Wayne, and Cabell. So if you have any families that live in those counties, we would be serving them um, for that angel tree. The other thing that we primarily do during Christmas that is really kind of what I call the sights and sounds of Christmas is our red kettles. Um, we love uh, the kettle season. Um, that is where we fundraise the majority of our money for the, the whole year. Um, and we do that primarily starting this week all the way up till sometimes uh, the end of December, depending on our goal. If you have folks that would like to register to ring, they can do that at redkettlevolunteer.org. Um, they can volunteer to do that. Uh, we're still, my understanding, we're still taking um, positions for paid uh, bell ringers as well. And you can also call our office for more information about that. Um, it is 304-529-2401. Um, and so in terms of Christmas and services during Christmas, that is our main goal between now and the end of Christmas are those two things. Um, when Christmas season is not in, we have a ton of youth programming and adult programming that is available um, to anyone. And so I'm just going to start off with that. Uh, the youth programming is ages 5 to 17. Um, on Wednesday nights, we offer a teen-focused uh, Bible study night um, from 6 to 7 p.m., and it's grades 6 through 12. Um, during that time, for the family, uh, we also offer in a separate room in another location just a midweek Bible study for adults during the same time. Um, so if you would like to participate in that, you are welcome. During the months of November and December, though, some of this program ceases just for the simple fact that we have um, transportation that we have to share with the people that are doing the um, red kettles and then also the angel tree supply. So 
this program that I'm getting ready to talk about will cease um, for November and December and start back the first of the year. Um, we also have a character building group on Thursday nights for ages 5 to 17. At 5.30, we feed them uh, dinner, and they are working with, um, they have like character building badges, so they are learning social skills, um, you know, mental health skills, understanding how to explore God's wor word in God's world. And so that's kind of what they're working on, and they have set weeks where they work on a certain badge and get to explore um, the spiritual and physical side of kind of our badge work, which is kind of like our character building program. Um, for the teens, we also have a core cadet Bible study, which is a group for teens that are in leadership positions. So think middle school and high school, um, you know, teens, they can be involved. Uh, there are scholarship opportunities as you are a senior in high school to take a um, take some funding that more cadets provide to go towards college. Um, you do have to participate in all the different aspects of that core cadet program for your tenure of your school year, but as a teen, that would be an option to you if that was something that um, you wanted to apply for and try to obtain. The thing that I really like about the core cadets group is these are your teens that are really wanting to be in some type of leadership position. So these are your teens that they earn points throughout the month that they can apply towards um, getting that scholarship program. Um, and so they earn points for Sunday school attendance, they earn points for service, um, all different things that they are able to do to be able to um, apply and be part of that scholarship program. Um, we also offer on Tuesday nights, we just started this for in I think our fifth week, our fine arts night, which is ages four to 12. And essentially this is dance class and music class for students that can't afford uh, to take the dance or music somewhere else. Um, we will continue this program through the Christmas season. Um, we will continue to do this through the calendar year. So this will be something that falls the same time as the school year. And this just really offers the children an opportunity that they wouldn't have uh, elsewhere um, to be able to experience music and, and dance um, without any cost to them, which is really, really important for us is that we want our children and our community to be able to have, you know, the same benefit that everyone else gets. Um, and so that's kind of like my favorite program right now because the dancers are so adorable and we have such a great time and um, I really just enjoy that. I love the fact when we, we also have a spiritual component of that. So from six, it starts at six o'clock every Tuesday and it goes until 7.30. And we also offer a snack during that and we do a small devotion with them. Um, and we, it's funny because we've been putting in extra rehearsals because we are dancing at our, um, we have a kettle kickoff at the mall where we announce, um, you know, Salvation Army, Salvation Army being involved in 
public in our kettles and what that looks like. And our dancers are performing at it. So what's interesting to me is we've been having extra rehearsals to kind of make sure they're ready to go because we had to put the, the dance together in a few weeks. So um, we met Monday evening and it was only for an hour and one of the little girls comes up to me afterwards and she goes, are we not doing the, the Bible study tonight? Are we not doing the, the Bible lesson tonight? And I said, no, I said, we're only an hour tonight. We're not gonna do that tonight, but we'll do it tomorrow. And she's like, okay, good, because I like that part. So that makes my heart happy because I love the fact that they want to know and love Jesus. And so that is like a blessing to me. Um, the other thing that I wanna mention is, like Lisa mentioned, is we are a church first. Uh, the Salvation Army is a church. A lot of people do not know that before I came here. Um, I did not know that. I knew they were involved in the public, but I didn't know they were a church. And so we have church on Sundays. So the way that our Sunday morning looks is at 9.45, we offer Sunday school for all ages. Um, and then we do our main service at 11 a.m. Um, and that's every Sunday. And then in the evening, on Sunday evening at um, 6.30, we offer our Sunday evening church. And at that, we usually do our um, church service first, and then we have a meal afterwards. And so we open that to everyone and anyone who's willing to, to participate or willing to come. Um, Last but not least, we do a women and men's fellowship group. Um, they are wonderful people who do wonderful things that a lot of times do not even get mentioned. Um, our women's fellowship group uh, is every Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 1. And you can stop by uh, for your lunch hour. So if you only get a half hour for your lunch and you can only stay, that's fine. You can you know, come into their meeting. They usually have food, so you can share some food with them. Um, and then they talk about their different platforms that they're working on for the month or for or their goals for the year. They do all kinds of things. Um, it would be just too much to really mention on this. And then the men's fellowship group also meets every Sunday after church, after the 11 a.m. service, and they do the same. Um, most recently, they were discussing a first responder lunch that they offer to the public for free. And they kind of rally around like the women around a certain idea or, uh, you know, issue that they'd like to kind of concentrate on helping with. And then they vote on that and then decide um, how they want to tackle that. And I think that is it. Before I move on to the next person, I do want to mention um, our kettle kickoff you the date of that is at the Huntington Mall November 12th at 6 p.m. and so we partnered with the mall to do that and that is also the evening of Santa's arrival so um, it's open to the public and whoever would like to come the mall has graciously uh, provided um, a space for us to kind of partner with them for that evening and we have um, the brass band coming down from Washington DC from it's a national brass band from the Salvation Army um, Santa's arrival our dancers will be um, dancing and then our whole platform this year is for the Christmas season is hope marches on 
So we've partnered with Woody Williams, who is um, the medal recipient, to kind of platform all of our uh, uh, campaign and messaging. And he's really our spokesperson for the program because we know how much we love Woody and how much Woody provides to our community. Um, and so you're welcome to attend that and come to that and see, um, see everything that's in store. That should be really a lot of fun. And then lastly, our website is salvationarmypotamic.org slash Huntington. And on that website, you will see all kinds of information on there. Um, we have some volunteer options for Christmas that you'll see, which is when you can pack the Angel Tree toys. That's always fun. Um, and then you'll also see the dance and music uh, sign-up link, and then also a link to the vocational school um, program that Nick is going to discuss. So I wanted to mention that to you. Um, I think that is everything I intended to mention. And I, just, I appreciate y'all and allowing us to speak today. And thank you very much. I'll be willing to answer any questions too. Jacqueline, I do, I do would like for you to share one more thing with our listening audience. And that would be um, for obviously to help people that are going through recovery. We talked about employment, which is what CORE is, is all about. I'm sure you also do other things with CORE. But would you tell them a little bit about some volunteer opportunities that we have now specifically for bell ringers this time of the year? Yes, so that's a great question. Um, Redkettlevolunteer.org is the website that you can register to ring, as they say. And when you get on there, there's a platform that you can pick the location and time, excuse me, in which you wish to sign up and volunteer for that. And then there's also on our website that I've mentioned the volunteer options for our elf night, which is when the individual gets to volunteer to build the angel tree bags um, and presents, and you get to do all that, and that's a lot of fun. So, like, I love that, and I think that's great. So those are two options of volunteer uh, volunteer options for anyone. Now, the bell ringers are actually paid a wage, correct, Jacqueline? Yes, so yeah, like really good point. Um, yes, so that is another option. I thought you were asking for volunteers. Well, I was. We kind of do are doing both at one. Okay, um, you can also, you can be a paid bell ringer for us. Um, you can do that by calling our office. There's an application you can fill out, and the best way to probably do that is call our office and speak to our receptionist. She's really the best with getting the applications turned in and telling you what documentation you need for employment but you can call our office at 304-529-2401. There are some positions that are paid. Um, they are great positions, um, and the transportation um, aspect of the different locations for the kettle uh, ringing sites is all taken care of by us. So, um, you know, if you have people with transportation issues, that's not really a worry here because that's why we devote our vehicles during this season to just that. Um, so, you know, that's important. Yeah. So, because I know there's some people that might have issues, but they would have to find a way here because they start their, whenever they're going out in the morning to start their runs, their kettle runs, they start at this location um, at our 1227 Third Avenue in Huntington. And, and they filter out in our vehicles at that point. Thank you very much, Jacqueline. Appreciate you sharing that with us.
thanks for the opportunity, guys. And uh, just one more thing about volunteering, and uh, 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 Sam, I think that you'll find this too, at least I found it as a little personal story. When I've been unemployed, you're looking for work and not able to find it, as, as many of your folks in recovery are sometimes face discrimination in the workplace, or uh, people are uh, uh, maybe a little apprehensive about hiring someone in recovery. One of the things that I found when I faced some of the darkest times in my life when I could not find employment is I decided to, to volunteer. Um, just make myself go out for a few hours a week even though it wasn't a paid position and that's a great great way for your clients who are seeking active paid employment to learn their social skills to be out of their comfort zone uh, it always made me feel better inevitably to, to come back even though I was still didn't have a job to come back and feel really good about myself and feel good that I did something worthy that day. So uh, volunteering is a great, great way for some of your clients to, they can set their own schedule. There are applications here in our downtown office um, and we'd be glad uh, to, to have any of your folks come see us for a few hours while they're still actively seeking. That would be great. And like you said, Lisa, I mean, it is good volunteering, you know, is beneficial, like you say, for, you know, skill building, um, you know, throughout those opportunities, you can also form relationships that will possibly be good references for whenever you do go out, you know. Exactly, exactly. And awesome for your resume, too, just, you know, for resume building, to be able to still put that experience, you know, even though it's volunteer, it's still very beneficial, and it's something that, you know, you can also list on your resume. Yes, absolutely. And I, I took elderly people to doctor's appointments and to the grocery store, and I always came out of it more blessed than they did, always, always. And so we welcome everyone to be a part of our Salvation Army. Come look at the opportunities. Jacqueline just touched on a little bit about what we have to offer. Do you have anything else, Jacqueline? want to mention um, there are also our other volunteer opportunities within our our core we call every Salvation Army is called a core like a military core um, and so we also have opportunities to pack um, food boxes which Bethany I'm sure is going to touch on and then also there's opportunities to work um, in a role uh, with our children there's a little bit more of an intense background check for that um, but if that is your passion or your calling, um, you're welcome to also uh, tell people about volunteer options in that era, uh, area, because I know that sometimes that happens. Um, I didn't think I would ever have a calling to work with um, teens, but this is what I do, and I love it. So um, sometimes that happens, and you just kind of want to make sure that when you do offer those options of volunteer, opportunities that you um, play to the passion of the individual so the individual um, knows what they would like to do or what they'd like to be good at and there are a lot of different opportunities um, throughout the year um, and things that come up that, that we require or need people uh, to help so thanks so much all right I'm gonna shut up <laughs> um, do you, uh, Sam
Craig, if you have any questions, um, I'd like to move on to the food pantry, if you, but if you certainly hop in anytime you have any questions of any of us. Um, there was one question before we move on, sorry, it was about the um, clothing giveaway on Sunday from 9 to 11. Do you have to have a referral form to go there, or can you just go as a walk-in? Um, Anyone can come in for okay. it. Okay, awesome, thank you. That being said, our, our mystery guest, which we didn't get to introduce herself because she was out filling a very big need um, that will help your clients and that we help people all year round is Bethany Holly. I'm going to turn it over to Bethany to introduce herself and she'll tell you what we can do. Um, I'm the food pantry coordinator, so uh, I do some of the food boxes in the pantry. Um, so what we do is every 30 days they can come in and get a box. They uh, Thank as you. soon as 
as soon as they get settled and everything, uh, they still need to bring in their ID and their residency. So I have it on file. Bethany does a great, great job in making sure that we have uh, good quality project, uh, products. We, I mean, it's not just canned goods. Um, we have, what do we have now, Beth? What's in there now, Bethany? Uh, we have, right now we have chicken, beef, um, milk, milk, cheese, butter. Um, it, it's normally like two or four canned fruits, uh, some vegetables, canned beef, like a protein. They get beans sometimes, pasta, like starches, like everything that you need for your pantry and to make meals with. Um, we try to get in as much like canned stuff that like we find that like kids and stuff can make on their own. Um, we don't get a lot of that in. Um, but they always get canned food and they always get some type of protein, whether it's canned or it's frozen. Uh, we just not always have milk. And also, if you all have anyone with like babies, um, sometimes we have diapers and formula. It's just whenever it gets donated. Um, if that's a need that you see that you have, just have them, or you all can call us or have them call us and just see if we have the size diapers or whatever. And if we have it, we give it. Um, we also have, right now, just because we've accumulated so much of it, if anyone needs like shampoo, conditioner, any body wash or anything like that, we have uh, toothbrushes. Yes, we have toothbrushes and toothpaste. I got probably about, there's probably about 50 of them made up right there just from what we've brought in from donations. So if that's something that they need, they can also come and pick up a little bag just to hold it through. So obviously a food resource for people in recovery who may have not found employment yet, who may be struggling to stretch their current budget, uh, having that extra cushion of nourishment and a hot meal would certainly be beneficial for those who are, are seeking to put their lives back together. Oftentimes if we find that a family has children in that, we will go that extra mile and see uh, Bethany will often go look and see what we have we'll try to provide that family with um, things like uh, some snacks and fruit roll-ups and many orange juices and we'll sort of supplement that food boxes for the families who have children but again as she mentioned you can always send us some, some referrals directly from CORE if you have people that uh, do not have IDs that information or just simply reach out to Bethany and, and ask her more about that program. Y'all have any questions? It's um it's the same it's 304-529-2401 and my extension is one oh five. So you can do that or can you give your email? Not yet. You can always email me at bethany.holly at uss.salvationarm.org but calling if I don't answer the phone shoot me an email and open it. We stay hopping over here at the Salvation yeah. Army. You should hear it out in the lobby now. <laughs> I love it. It's just like a theme that I'm hearing too, what just is going through my mind that, you know, people who it seems like who are working there, who, you know, come and get resources there, they're fed both spiritually and physically, you know, they have both of those needs met. And I just 
Yeah, I think it's awesome <laughs> what y'all are doing. Um, it reminds me of that saying that says, um, you can't st throw stones if you're too busy washing feet. Um, exactly. And just keeping people busy and engaged and putting them back out there in the community, you know, as a helper instead of a pariah. And uh, I love that whole concept. I did not know any of these things about Salvation Army. All I knew was the the kettles and thrift stores. That's it. So this is very informative to me. <laughs> you know, in donations. So if someone has a need for bed sheets, uh, a mattress, a blow up mattress, a camping bag, dishes, reach out and call us. The only thing that we do not keep is we, we don't have a humongous warehouse is we don't get furniture and very, very large, heavy donations. But any of those types of things, which as we all know, we've gone to the store and tried to buy things, um, it's very expensive just to live. So never ever have any of your clients hesitate to just call us and say, hey, do you have this? And do you have a donation of this in the back? Uh, we never know quite what we may have in. We could get a whole load of baby clothes or a whole load of toddler clothes. I know I personally just donated, oh, probably five tubs of, um, well, plus size clothing for women and clothing for men. Um, and a whole, whole, I made my husband give up all his shoes that <laughs> he never wore. So if you have anyone of those types of needs, uh, you know, just always call dishes, anything like that. If we've got it, we'll help you take care of that. That's great. Salvation Army. That's similar to the other programs that Miss Jacqueline was talking about earlier. We do serve the youth. Uh, we serve kids typically aged 11 to 17. The reason for that age group is because we are a vocational school. Uh, that's kind of the, the, the whole point of the program is to teach these kids some traits. And I, I would just like to go on for a minute on why that's important and how that relates to the, to the recovery aspect of things too. Um, so our basic program, 11 to 17 year olds, is who we serve. Um, we do this every single day from 3.30 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. Um, we serve the same typical counties that the Corps serves, it's Cabell, Mason, Wayne, and Lincoln. Um, so we basically established this program to provide an outlet for kids, but also to, to meet a certain need. So. Uh, just a little bit of background on myself to kind of explain where I'm coming from with this program. Before I did this job, I worked for what's called the high-risk team or the specialized team for the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which is a CPS worker, essentially. Um, and in my years working for that agency, I saw a huge need inside homes. Typically, our cases involve a lot of substance abuse. So my, my education, my experience, this is all based in substance abuse. Uh, my, the dissertation that I'm working on right now is on substance abuse. 
and how that relates to you know how to assist people with active addiction or in recovery um, and I think that part of the issue that I see essentially with recovery and with addiction is that this is not something that they're typically able to defeat on their own and generally speaking adults that suffer from addiction that have children uh, even if you didn't suffer from addiction there's you know there's an old proverb that basically says raising a child takes a village and that's in a perfect situation and a lot of these people aren't in perfect situations so what we provide is we provide them an avenue from 3:30 to 7:30 that you know these the children they'll come to us right after school uh, they come to us i partnered uh, with marshall university and they provide us tutors so from 3.30 to 4.30, typically, sometimes it does go a little over that, but 3.30 to 4.30, these, these kids are being tutored by people getting their, their degrees in education. Uh, and it, the degree itself varies, but most often, you know, they're getting a bachelor's degree in education, you know, a concentration in mathematics or art or whatever, uh, and they're doing their clinicals here by tutoring our kids after school. So the traditional education aspect of uh, of themselves, of these kids, that's getting handled with these tutors. But then also from 4.30 to 5.30, we serve them a hot meal. Uh, our program aide, Jake, he typically does cook the meals for them, so they're always getting a hot meal. Uh, and then after that, we also have, we partnered with some other groups like Prestera and Valley Health, and they provide us, uh, you know, with somebody to come in and help go over with the kids, stuff, stuff like positive mindset. Um, you know, we've went over substance abuse, bullying, we basically, we cover a very large dynamic of different courses. And then to end it all off, we, and this trade is, uh, it, it varies, but we have done trades where we're building bed frames. So this semester, since we started here, we have built 18 beds, and then those beds were then donated to kids that didn't have beds in there. Um, we have done some boxes that are gonna store the kettles that you would typically see at the Walmarts around the area. Uh, during the holidays for people collecting donations. We have built picnic tables and donated those to places like the YMCA for those people to use, the kids to use when they go to the pool. Uh, and we've done uh, something like a shed. Our upcoming project in the spring is actually learning and beginning to build a tiny home. So the goal is to start building tiny homes so that way we can then donate these homes to families that are in need of a home that don't have a home. Um, and I think that this helps in multiple ways. It helps the youth because the youth is then learning things that they didn't think was, you know, that they didn't think it was possible to learn these things. Some of these kids come to us that have no idea what a hammer is or why you would use one. Uh, and then, with, you know, they leave here and they're like, I built that picnic table and I didn't think I could ever build anything, but now look, I built that. So it helps them learn how to, to work inside of a trade. It doesn't always have to be building. We're trying to get other things in there like mechanics, uh, uh, like e-waste which is like your electronic waste stuff we're trying to incorporate that in there just do a plethora of different things but we're just kind of sticking with one thing at a time um, but so we're, we're teaching these kids the different traits i think that helps the the children themselves because it helps with the generational poverty issue where we can actually kind of close that income or that economic gap that we're seeing between the ultra wealthy and then the the working class poor because they they become experts in trade and by the numbers, if you look at the research, people that end up going into trades typically graduate faster uh, at a higher rate than people who get a typical undergraduate degree, and then they come out making more money. Um, 
So I think that that helps the youth. They get to see what it feels like to be charitable and to give. They are in a safe place. Everybody that works in our organization has a pretty thorough background check. Um, so they get to be in a safe place. They're getting, you know, a dinner every single day that they come here. They're getting a hot meal. They're getting to learn things in a different manner than just traditional classroom work. Uh, they're getting to be hands-on and actually build something and see the benefit of that work. And I kind of wanted to, that's a lot to say this. I think that that helps in recovery because raising children does take a village. Uh, I have four children myself, so I know what it feels like to be stressed out at home. And I know what it feels like to have the worries of buying groceries every single month, especially in the, the economy that we're in right now with like hyperinflation going on. Everything is more expensive, everything is. And we kind of hope, and I think that the, the, the facts do bear out, that we are assisting because some of these children come here every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and we're able to feed them every one of those days for their dinner meal. That takes a huge burden off of a parent. They're getting tutored by people that are going into education for education. Uh, so that takes a huge burden off of a parent having to explain the new way to do mathematics. Uh, because I, that's stuff that I don't even understand. Uh, yeah, that would be me too. So, so this takes a huge burden off of parents, not only with the tutoring aspect, because they're getting all of their homework done while they're with us, but it takes a huge burden off of them because they're not having to cook a meal. Some of the kids that come here, we have siblings that come here, and there's 11 kids in their family. And, you know, we're able to feed the children that come here. Uh, so that's a huge burden. But also it's a huge burden off of them stress-wise because they know their kids are safe while they're here. Now I'm gonna turn it over to Jake Merritt. So I do like a little bit of everything. I'm making sure the kids got, for the vocational school, making sure they got clean dishes, making sure they got food, making sure they got snacks, making sure that they're in the safest place possible, making sure everybody gets along. And it's just honestly just the biggest blessing, like a little background for myself. So I fostered children for the last couple of years. I adopted one child last October. So... I know what it's like having children with a background in their families with while they're in recovery or they're in active addiction. And I know how rough and awful that is for the child. So just knowing that they're in this place, having that burden off of them is something that's really just awesome to feel. And then making sure that they got something hot to eat Monday through Friday and make sure they're having fun and making sure that they have um, all their educational goals met along with their physical goals and their everything like that so just knowing that you're helping these children um for the better is just the best thing like ever so just that feeling in general and they have a lot of fun and they track a lot of sawdust this let me tell you actually <laughs> lots of sawdust that's my big thing that's my standing joke with with Jake is the hunt for the dustpan every day because we keep the lobby clean and I'm like, why not all this stuff? But um, then, then they have your your fun Fridays, right? You have fun Fridays? Yeah, fun Fridays. So Fridays we do just about everything. Like last week, we went to the escape room. One week we went to the indoor pool at the Y. And then one day we had a Halloween party. So Fridays is always something fun and Fridays are my favorite days because you usually don't have to cook. We just order something. So no dishes, no cooking. 
That sounds like a good day. Thank you for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Well, as you can kind of tell, um, ladies, um, and I'll let go back to Jake, we have a plethora of things that, that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. Um, and uh, Jake is just, uh, kudos to you, Jake. He is just awesome uh, with the kids. Uh, his personality is is just out of this world, and he's very funny. Yeah, I'm telling on you, you're very funny, Jake. We all are, we all here have have a really good senses of humor because we love what we do, and hopefully that shines in everything that we do. And um, we feel that all of these services that we have to offer, because it's not just the person in recovery, it's the whole family, it's all their friends, every it's the whole environment. It's a very complex issue. I mean, you all have given us so much information today. I mean, this has been amazing. And like how Brittany was saying, I mean, there's so many things that, you know, I wasn't aware of either. And just, you know, hearing from everybody today has been amazing. And, you know, it definitely does show through, I mean, you all that you really enjoy what you do. Um, You know, we can definitely see it. Just thankful to to hear from each of you today and what you provide to each of the communities around us is amazing. Um, and that is one of the questions, though, that I did have. I was looking online and I saw where but there's 24 Salvation Army locations throughout West Virginia. Um, and then with four, we serve the 12 southern counties of West Virginia. Um, and I was curious, a lot of these services, are they the same? at the other Salvation Army locations? say that not necessarily the core. I would say that the core things that we do, food pantry, as I mentioned earlier, not every location has a thrift store, not every location has a shelter, but the core duties of what we do, uh, which are food, children's programs, adult programs, spiritual programs, those, those themes and those areas are very consistent. Um, when when Nick and, and Jake on board, Jake's been with us since he was a kid. He kind of grew up here, right, Jake? Yeah, you actually literally grew up here. Um, our, our captain, Captain Liz, is very progressive in her thinking. She's a very progressive person. Like she just told Nick, Nick, go forth and build tiny houses. <laughs> right, Nick? What I can say about the vocational school is it is not at any other course. This is a program that we started from the ground up, from scratch. This was literally an idea just pulled from the mind of our captain there. Um, and so when they brought me on, you know, kind of the job was to, she literally told me, I'm giving you a canvas and I want you to paint it. And that's what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to paint this canvas to the point where we are finding, obviously our motto is doing the most good. And my opinion, with my expertise, is that we have to find the need where the need is the need there. I think that what we typically see with things like recovery and addiction is we're always trying to move the people we want to help from the situation and then like move them out of the state or to a different location and fix it. Um, I think that it would probably be most beneficial, and this is just my opinion, if we can find the need where the need is and then fix the need. Uh, and so part of this program, working with these kids, is to understand that substance abuse is generational. It's something that can affect your kids. And I think that if we can get to the kids and provide them an avenue 
uh, you know, to kind of expel some of the, the feelings they have about these things, get those things out there, and at the same time, replace those things with something positive, working, eating, um, you know, learning to be charitable, uh, then maybe we can kind of stem this, this issue that we see of constant uh, recidivism with substance abuse. That's kind of my overall goal. And I, I believe we help the adults by getting to the children. And uh, I think, you know, the, the numbers, like I said, bear that out. I think that we are doing something positive. And uh, what I tell everybody is this program will be successful in the long run because I refuse to, I, I won't quit until it is. So, uh, you know, we will get there. It's just a matter of time. Uh, if somebody does want to sign up, what I wanted to say is you can just go to our website, tsahuntingtonwb.org. Uh, and then there's a tab on the right-hand side. Just click it, enter some information. I'll get an update on it, and I will contact them, and we'll get their kids enrolled. Whoever wants to enroll, more power to them. It's open for anybody that has kids of that age. So, uh, you know, as long as they want to enroll, send them on in. There is a fee for those that can afford it, just like all our other programs. It's $50 a month for those that can't afford it. If they cannot, I just ask they fill out a paper saying that, you know, they cannot afford this, and then there we, uh, we fund So... Uh, anybody's welcome. Uh, you know, I hope to see some more people enrolled. Our goal is to continue to grow. We're, we're looking at building our own building and our own classrooms right now. So if we can continue to grow, we'll get there. And uh, pretty soon we'll we'll have them everywhere because all the other cores will want to do it. And uh, we've had a few uh, requests to start something we're doing there. And uh, it's only going to go up from there. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, very much. Yeah, this makes me very excited to, to hear about the growth and that sort of thing, just in the hopes that something like this would come down to southern West Virginia. Um, we, where I serve the five counties in Hub 3, we, we just don't have many resources like that at all. So knowing that there are programs out there that are creating their models that can be replicated, I, I hope one day that y'all y'all make it down this way. Yeah. Well, and uh, I don't mean to interrupt if I'm interrupting. I got a lag on this. But uh, one thing I do want to add is some of the kids that are in this program, they, you know, we typically we serve the four counties that we serve. However, our program is not limited to those four counties. What it's limited to is the ability of whoever is the caregiver to get them to the core to participate in the activity. We have a sibling group of four that actually doesn't even reside in the state. They live in Ohio. And their guardian brings them every single day to our program and picks them up every single day because she wants them in the program involved, learning the trades, you know, having the courses, getting hands-on, being social with other kids their age, having the fun activities that most of the time these parents can't afford. If you look at like our fun Friday activities, Jake was explaining, uh, the escape room, that's like, whoa, wow, you guys did an escape room. But if you look at the simple cost of that, that's sometimes that's not affordable for parents. When they have four to 11 children, it's $25 a head. You know, that's not affordable for them to do that. And we are taking the blunt end of that cost. And we, you know, I, I do a lot of work. Jake does a lot of work trying to get out there and get these donations. Um, but, you know, it provides the kids with, with, with being able to do something they typically wouldn't be able to do otherwise. You know, they're getting the opportunity to participate in things like bowling, escape rooms, swimming, things that during, during our summer program, we rented a, uh, a pontoon we drove around on the lake with a pontoon all day and the kids jumped off into the water. Uh, stuff that maybe parents couldn't afford to do. Um, so we do our very best to not just help the children, but also help the parents so they can take a step back, take a breather, 
and then as you know like I said as a village move the kids to the point we need them to be we lead you know you lead the horse you don't make it do anything um, so I think that's what we're trying to do that's the overall goal and I think that eventually that will that will bear out and it'll show in the community yeah well we do provide emergency services um, we our ultimate goal is not just to be a band-aid on the program on, on the problem and the crisis um, we, while we do do that is ultimately to teach those skills um, and to help lift people up in every aspect of their life from self-esteem to employment to uh, having a good social system to learning uh, you know how to apply for a job you know how to get um, you know Jake assists with the tutoring in the back and he was telling me how he was you were teaching the math right last week so just a, a whole bunch of things and then we're, we're all on behalf of all of us thought it would be nice for you to hear from all of us to just kind of get the different voices to to know that we do have all of these things and we're very very pleased that you've invited us on today yes we are very thankful and thanks lisa for bringing in the different parts i mean because i think that was you know so beneficial and Thanks for listening to this episode of CORE Conversations, Pathways to Success. If you would like to connect with CORE, you can find us on Facebook at Creating Opportunities for Recovery Employment or email us at corewv at marshall.edu. That's C-O-R-E-W-V at marshall.edu. Please join us for our future episodes that will be released the second Wednesday of every month. Thank you. We hope you have a great day.